It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. As always, get over to Joe's Carding and do yourself right with a little white-knuckle racing. Uh, we're changing things up just a little bit. Typically, over the last couple of weeks, and what we're hoping to be kind of a normal thing is that the interview will be in turn one on Thursdays, and then the uh, headlines... And race preview will be in turn two, but uh, Canada didn't plan ahead correctly when we did this show at the World of Wheels Car Show, which is totally my fault. Uh, so we're opening up with turn one, and then the Robinsons are going to continue in turn number two. We've got uh, Larry Robinson Jr. and the art, the driver formerly known as Little Larry Robinson, now known as Big Haas. You'll understand more as we get into the show and, and play that interview. So, Dirk, how you doing? Oh, uh, pretty good. How are you? Good. Did I confuse you with that? <laughs> uh, nothing confuses me with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of look and go, well, at least he's consistent. <laughs> well, if we had if we had the video on, I rolled my eyes several times. That's all you think. Let's uh, talk about the weekend of racing to come. Uh, I-80 Speedway opens up with their season points for the Advanced Auto Parts NASCAR Weekly Racing Action, Modified Stock Car Sport Mods, Bragg Night Late Models, Hobby Stocks, and Compacts, all racing Friday night. And then Saturday is Eagle Raceway's IMCA season opener, Modified Stock Car Sport Mods, Hobby stocks and sprint cars all racing on Saturday night. I know that um, Nick Dice, our old buddy Nick Dice of Tuxedo Park Raceway. Yes. Yes. Don't expect that to continue. He uh, he reached out to me. We're going to be scheduling an interview with him shortly, but he they're doing a practice, I believe, on Saturday for uh, Tuxedo, and he wants to come on and kind of promote their season. So that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks, but he said the most important thing is Saturday. We've got practice. So go to Tuxedo Raceway Park for more information on details of who you can, who's racing and uh, uh, what you could do on practice and what it's going to cost to get out there. That's what I got for racing this weekend. There's a race in Talladega. Oh, yeah, there's that one, too. We'll talk about that <laughs> coming up. Should we talk about that now or do you want to wait? Well, we're kind of covering the racing now, so we yeah. might as well talk about it. Might as well cover it. All right, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock Central Time at Talladega Super Speedway. The Geico 500 is going to be on Fox, broadcast on MRN and Sirius XM because the uh, our followers in the Omaha area don't have uh, an MRN affiliate. I tell you, the easiest way to listen to it is on the NASCAR app. We've talked about that quite a bit. Let's see, last time we were here at Talladega, uh, Bubba Wallace got the win on a rain-shortened race earlier in April. This time last year, Brad Kozlowski uh, gets the win at Talladega. So let's focus on this race last year. Kozlowski got the win, followed by William Byron, Michael McDowell, Kevin Harvick, Matt Benedetto, Kaz Gralla, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, uh, Ryan Blaney, and Cole Custer. Bad days for Kyle Larson, who finished tail in Charlie in the 40th position, lost an engine after just three laps. 
Joey Logano completed 59 laps. He was involved in an accident. And he finished 39th. Alex Bowman, 38th. Kurt Busch, 35th. Denny Hamlin, 32nd. Martin Truex Jr., 31st. I mean, this is pretty typical. If I'm reading this at Kansas or Bristol, something weird happened. But there's always those big names that get knocked out uh, early or at least finish uh, a little ways back because of just it being Talladega. Well, yeah, they just won and that usually happens not at the front of the pack, but just a few cars back. So a lot of your, you know, front runners, so to speak, are running, you know, between the fifth and 20th position. And that's usually where this kind of deal happens. This is why they end up back there in the 30th position. For Sunday's race, once again, two o'clock central time. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickens contest. I am uh, having a slow, steady fall back into the 20s. Hopefully I can recover this weekend. Uh, Ryan Blaney is your odds on favorite, according to Vegas. Um, he's your odds on favorite to win the race. If I, I'm not reading, I'm probably not reading these ratings right, but implied chance of winning 9.1% for Ryan Blaney, 7.7% chance for Joey Logano, 6.7% chance. It's a tie quite a ways back. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Brad Kozlowski, Bubba Wallace, Austin Sindrick, and Chase Briscoe. Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch both have a 5.9% chance. And I don't know. I don't understand these a thousand plus odds. I don't get that. That means you bet $100. And if he wins the race, you collect a thousand. Basically it's 10 to one. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. If it's, if it's 1300, then he's 13 to one. If it's 2000, he's 20 to one, et cetera, et cetera. Logano pays 1200. Hamlin pays 14. Like all those guys I mentioned that were tied at 6.7, Larson pays 1600 Go throw 100 bucks down, and maybe you can win 1600 bucks if Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch gets the win. Go throw 10 bucks down and win 160 You don't have to waste 100 Well, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, there's not much to talk about with Talladega. I mean, it it is what it is. It, it, neither of us are real big fans of the super speedway racing. Local weather there looks like they're going to be racing under partly cloudy skies in about 89 God, I want to be in Talladega on Monday and Tuesday. Looks like it's going to be in the 90s. What are we going to be at on Tuesday? Oh, we're going to be in the 60s. I'm so sick of this weather. I'm sick of the wet, that's for sure. And the wind. I yeah, can go with oh, the windy day just for a day. Just one day. Yeah, I, I don't live in Chicago for a couple of reasons, and the wind is one of them. Well, that's... The chance of being shot is another one, but that's a whole nother. Co- yeah, Chirac is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Let's get to some of the news headlines. You know, we talked about it real briefly on uh, Tuesday's episode. I asked if you thought that Bristol would be doing their dirt race again in 2023. We discussed the uh, low turnout for the uh, two to three weeks leading up to it. You know, the big leading up to it. You know, last year there was a huge turnout for uh, for a lot of uh, dirt cars that wanted to go race at Bristol. This year, not not so great. And um, the attendance, my understanding, was just as bad as, as it was in the pits. So I kind of wondered if they were going to be able to make it work to, to do it for a third year. And sounds like yes, that uh, Bristol came out on Wednesday and said, actually, I think they came out Tuesday afternoon and said that uh, they are, let's see, Bristol Motor Speedway will prepare for a spring night race on dirt in 2023, giving the fans two great NASCAR shows on a different on different surfaces. The dates for our NASCAR events will not be available until later this year to guarantee the best seats 
For the most amazing dirt racing next year, guests may contact the ticket office or visit the website bristolmotorspeedway.com to renew their tickets today. And then kind of in conjunction with that, the Bristol TV ratings came out and good land. Four million people tuned in Sunday night to watch the Bristol dirt race. It's the most watched NASCAR event of any kind at Bristol Motor Speedway since the spring of 2016. Yeah, well, they all ate their ham and sat down in front of the tube. There wasn't nothing else on. Yeah, well, I, and I think we had talked about it. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what would happen with the TV viewership with NASCAR racing on Easter, and uh, the stars kind of aligned and worked out for them. So, four million uh, viewers tuned in Sunday night to watch that. Overall, still for the 2022 season, NASCAR is up 17 percent in viewership from this point in 2021 so good bump top five markets for the bristol dirt race greensboro charlotte hartford jackson and norfolk i don't think that's nebraska i would assume that's virginia oh yeah that's virginia so basically the heart of nascar watched yep. it that's all yep you but know, if, if like, you're a, like if, to see where something like la fit in on that schedule in an la yeah uh if you're Let's let's say you're Pat Warren, and I'm just using a track president that we know, and you're seeing viewership up, great race. Drivers after the race seem to have enjoyed it, a few of them. I mean, it was pretty mixed. Are you considering doing something like this? Are you thinking maybe we need to put dirt on Richmond, even though I know Pat Warren's not? I'm just saying track president. Let's let's go with that instead of Pat Warren. No, because I I mean Let's be honest, when we go to, to Knoxville, everybody always talks about how great dirt racing is. I mean, how many basically, you know, follow the leader races have we seen at Knoxville? Several. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's Silver Dollar Nationals. You know, it's not all these big dirt races or these amazing races ever about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Well, and, yeah, and I've talked about it with fans, too. Like, people have asked, why is NASCAR so boring and why is dirt racing so exciting? And my res- my quick response to that is that on a weekly dirt track night, there's only got to be one or two good races for people to feel like it was a great night. And and, and dirt track's got, you know, what, typically 10 to, to 15 attempts at having a good race. I mean, I-80, Eagle, they're going to run 17 to, to 20 races. So the, the odds are better in the favor that there's going to be a good race. NASCAR's got one shot a week. That's it. A cup series wise. Yeah. I mean, and that's all there is to it. I mean, if they, uh, if they try on these mile and a half, and maybe at Dover a couple of years ago in the Xfinity series with these back to, you know, I'm going to call them heat. NASCAR wants to call them qualifying races. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, uh, it might change things up a little bit because when you're racing 15 laps, you know, it's go time. Yeah. The green flag drops and you got to go. If you're starting in the fourth or fifth row. Yeah. You can't, you can't drive around for 12 laps and then decide to race for three. I, you know, and I, you complete, I completely agree with you. It's one of the things we've talked about on this show. One of the downfalls of NASCAR, it is way too long. And I think NASCAR understands that one of the reasons why they created the stage racing was because they recognized that drivers were taking it easy in the middle of the race. And it, and there was an, a lull 
fans would turn off the TV. Fans would go to the concession stand. Hell, some fans would would drink too much and fall asleep in the middle of the race and wake up with about 20 to go. And there you go. It's, you get to watch the end of the race, and that's when guys are up on the wheel. I, I've been a proponent of NASCAR shrinking the races for a very long time. And, and uh, yeah, it, along with along with shrinking the races like we saw at Martinsville, they cut 100 laps out of Martinsville. But in doing that, took out the interesting factor of pit stops. Yeah. Because they, they only had to make two pit stops to run the whole race. Right. So you know, and, and you're you're a big fan of pit stops. I am too. I know you think kinda, they're a big part of the race. I they, really do. I, I think absolutely. if they're going to run, if they want to go down to Kansas Speedway and run a hundred lap race, well, let's put about a eight gallon fuel cell in. Right. I completely agree with you. You know the the pit crews are a huge factor in the sport. Have been from the beginning, right? I mean, there's always been pit stops in NASCAR. Well, yeah, but you know. <laughs> I can still remember when Morgan Shepard pitted his own car. He pulled into his pit stall, unbuckled himself, got out, pulled the jack out, changed his own tires, and <laughs> sat down on the pit road wall and ate a sandwich and got back in the car. <laughs> and I mean, that was like in 2000. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Really? Jeez. But he couldn't afford to pay a pit crew to come. Who so was that's it? That's what he did. Morgan Shepard. Okay. I thought you said Sterling Marlin for some reason. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so yeah, it's, I, it, I said it on Tuesday's show, I'm very hesitant about adding more dirt track races to the, to the NASCAR cup series schedule because there's so many more factors that go into a dirt race needing to be successful, AKA a good race than there is for asphalt. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that the NFL focus on was send their biggest game, the Super Bowl, to an indoor stadium because then you could control a lot of the uh, the the tangibles. You can control the weather. You can control well, the humidity. The biggest, the biggest tangible, the weather. Humidity is yeah. part of weather. Yeah, the biggest talent uh, challenge for the Super Bowl was the weather, plain and simple. Yeah, if if you've got a Super Bowl in New York, great, you're going to draw a lot of people. But if there's a bunch of snow on the ground it's going to turn into a ground game, which isn't that exciting at times. And you're you going to fill the stadium wherever you put the Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't have to be in New York. They could play a Super Bowl down in Lincoln, and that stadium would be packed. Yeah, the boosters would buy all the tickets they don't sell. Huh? <laughs> I said the boosters could just buy any tickets they don't sell. Oh, the NFL would sell all the tickets. I'm just me. kidding. I'm I mean, poking fun. Oak fun. I mean, <laughs> go got more national titles than them guys over yeah. there. In the yeah, they hey, we do got. Have a, they do have a neat deal where they wave wave at the hospital. That's yes. cool. And, and and we got some titles in wrestling. Yeah, we've had champions <laughs> in wrestling. Olympic Silence. champions. Silence. Anyways, <laughs> do you do you expect more tracks to consider turning one of their two races into dirt races? No. Okay. I don't think so either. Um, I hope, and I, I think that's more of me hoping not. So there yeah, we go. If they're going to race any more dirt races, they need to just go to a dirt track. Eldora, yeah. Knoxville, wherever they want to go. They just need to go to a dirt track. The dirt track at Texas or the one in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of nice dirt tracks around where they could go race. Absolutely. 
Speaking <clears> of that, <throat> I, I saw an article that Chase Briscoe, I need to find it again, uh, is planning on running 25 dirt races beginning with the Talladega short track. He's going to be running some wing and non-wing sprint cars, super dirt late models, midgets, and micro sprints. Uh, his first race is scheduled to be this weekend at the Talladega short track. Bristow is calling his dirt race schedule the Chasing Dirt Tour. And Cup Series sponsor, boy, I can't pronounce that, Ma, Mahindred? Oh, M-A- the Crackers? Yeah. Yeah. Mahindred? Did I get that right? Yeah, I think that's oh. how it's uh, Ag North America will be uh, banking, backing most of the effort. So cool deal there. Well, Wing, and he's just, lucky. he's just lucky he's racing for Tony Stewart or he wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It kind of feels like there's a little bit of a swing in the other direction, though. You know, we yeah. talked about it for a long time of like you talked about with like Carl Edwards specifically that after he broke his thumb, it was at I-80 or Lakeside I-80. that uh, Roush came down and said, no more, yeah. no more doing that. A lot of other owners had already said it, but, you know, Kyle Larson got to do it a little bit when he was with uh, Ganassi, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that was in a stipulation in his deal with Hendrick. Yeah. Yeah, because he does still go race, obviously still races quite a bit uh, around the area, uh, both here and, and basically wherever he's at. So, uh, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Cole Custer all participated in a tire test at Charlotte. They spent Tuesday afternoon and evening at Charlotte Motor Speedway for a Goodyear tire test in preparation for the 63rd running of the Coca-Cola 600 on May 29th. Drivers tried different tire compounds on their respective next-gen race cars, both during the afternoon, sun, uh, both in the afternoon sun and under the lights to simulate the cha- changing track conditions the race teams typically face during the NASCAR's annual 600-mile test of man and machine race. How's that for a catchy article? There you go. What else? Do you see anything else we need to talk about? Well, there's kind of an elephant in the room here since yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I-80 Speedway announced uh, yesterday afternoon that, uh, and that being uh, Wednesday afternoon, that the April 29th NASCAR races and driver appreciation night have been canceled so that they can hold, uh, well, excuse me, they're not holding. They have rented the facility for a Republican convention. Uh, and that's Herbster that's doing that. He he's the one who's um, renting it. Well, I'm guessing since Trump's actually coming in, that it's probably the Republican Party. Yeah, it, it's a it's a Republican Party deal, and I believe it's for Herbster. And then well, Donald yeah, Trump is coming in because Trump's back in. You know, they're, they're right because Trump's back in Herbster. There's other Republicans in the state running for governor, but this is just total in retaliation to the accusations that have come out about Herbster and sexual misconduct and whatever else, because there's no way any of that will get through the court systems by May 10th when the primary is. So they come out with, with this big show and it actually came out on Tuesday, not Wednesday. Oh, it was Tuesday. Oh, cause yeah. today's Wednesday. And that was yesterday. Today's, Tuesday. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was really surprised by it. Uh, Very surprised. I, yeah, me too. I mean, we obviously, I think people who've listened to this show long enough know that you and I are on different sides of the aisles, but somehow we managed to remain friends. Well, um, and, and that's a, that's a total tongue in cheek deal. We're on different sides of the aisle with a lot of our political views. Yeah. But we're in the same boat when we see, when we say politics needs to stay out of race. Right. Absolutely. 
Uh, and I guess my whole, my deal with this whole thing is I'm, I'm told, I, I got no problem with, with the Speedway making money off renting this. I'm frustrated that it's cutting into one more race night that the nights of racing at IED Speedway are numbered. They're under 30 right now. Well, my, my biggest concern is they had six other nights. Yeah. Six other nights they could have picked. Yeah, you know. and I, I guess it's a little salt on the wound that it was driver appreciation night. And now that's not going to, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen in 2020 uh, for the final season. Well, no, to me, I thought everything I read said that they were looking to reschedule it. Well, they, the, the post I read was that they're going to be doing double features to make up for the, for the features that the drivers missed. And yeah, but there, was, there was a question about it being rescheduled down through in all the comments. Okay. Okay. So, and then some comment about what we just talked about, about keeping the separation of politics and racing, <clears throat> you know, I never thought that would happen here in Nebraska. I really, yeah. you know, and, uh, like I said, I, my comment in the article was, I hope it's a monsoon, a biblical rain, <laughs> you know, so the racers don't miss out on anything. Yeah. Know? It's that's, again, that that's my only issue with it. I'm obviously not a fan of, of the, of the politics, but Joe, Steve, Lisa, they have a right to make the money off that land any way they can. And, and if you look very closely around that place, they don't just make money off of that place just by racing. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying to keep the, the, the uh, politics out of racing. And, and maybe they're trying to do that by canceling racing and not having the races after the rally, but well, the rally doesn't start till eight. They'd be starting oh. to race at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Okay. I didn't even see what time it started, but yeah, the, uh, I'm trying to remember there was a three o'clock. Evidently <clears throat> the grounds open at three, the gates open at five. Trump starts at eight. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's frustrating to me that we now have one less night to go racing. That's, that's my big issue that I, that's the issue I, I draw from it. Yeah. Like I but, said, it's also a lot of guys that, you know, the fan appreciation nights, one thing, one, one, ep, uh, aspect of it but there's a lot of guys that had counted on racing there that night mm -hmm. how they either got to just sit home or go somewhere else i'm not a fan of the whole situation but it's not my place so yeah i'm not gonna bitch about that part of it you know that's my opinion i don't think it's right we're on the same page we'll see what happens next friday uh but again friday racing this friday for nascar weekly racing season kickoff is on i just took another look at the weather for greenwood and it looks like the storms we were talking about on, on, on Tuesday's show have kind of moved out. And it looks like it's going to be more on uh, Saturday now. So Friday's going to be 90, windy, shocker there. Weatherchannel.com's got a 22% chance of showers. Saturday, windy, 78, 24% chance of showers. So I, I think it's pretty much just moved out of the area now. As we were seeing like a 70% chance of rain, I think, earlier when I was looking at it. Well, I just know, uh, I just pulled up locally. Omaha's got a 50% chance of rain in the morning on Friday. Okay. You know, but then nothing later during the day. So not until about, again, 5 o'clock Saturday morning then. So, it's, yeah, I mean, the weather should be clear this weekend. They should, yeah. should be able to get some racing in. It's always interesting to me to watch the radar when these storms roll in and how they come from Kansas and move Northeast, you know, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they can skirt right past Lincoln 
and, and Eagle and, and Greenwood and, and just missed the racetrack, but hit Omaha or hit Council Bluffs or, you know, areas like that. But it's always kind of interesting that it doesn't just move straight east or west or whatever. It's always kind of up at this northeast angle, sometimes well, more of more of an eastern and more of a northern. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where the jet stream is. That's all that is. Coming up out of the Gulf and catching the wind coming over the mountains. We can schedule for Talladega. It's like inspection uh, will be Friday at noon. And then they're going to qualify Saturday at 9 a.m. No practices for this weekend. Uh, and then they're going to they're going to throw the green flag for uh, for the Cup Series race at 2 p.m. Central time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Stage I breaks. Wonder they, I wonder how they're setting the field. Qualifying on Saturday. But no practice, but they're going to qualify. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 39 cars entered so far, so everybody's going to get in. I'm sure entries are closed, so. Yeah. It's going to be 39 cars, so one short of a full field. So, uh, And then, like I said, the uh, so qualifying on Saturday morning and then the race on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickups Contest. And just keep in mind when you guys are listening to the next segment with Larry Robinson Jr. and the driver formerly known as Little Larry Robinson, now known as Big Haas, uh, that I kind of screwed up my planning. So wording is a little bit off just you know what like you've been doing for the last like 12 years grin and barrett just enjoy the content that's going to do it for us in turn number one we'll be right back in turn number two with the robinsons as we continue the week of the robinsons hang tight we'll be right back on the front stretch hey now available on audible and amazon music download and share today thanks for all the support we'll be back guys the official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings great burgers and amazing steaks each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par. 95 mile an hour fastball. Bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track. Professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting. White knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. As we sit here at 1030 in the morning and I talk about Quaker Steak and Lube, I can picture a stack of Arizona ranch wings and I am now hungry. Yeah, I can think of the jacked up BLT myself. That's more for breakfast. Yeah. And get a Red over, Bear. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube every race day, whether it be a Saturday night race or a Sunday day race, even a Sunday night race. We've got a couple of those coming up. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch, and we always talk about the beautiful classic car cruising. Get a little bit of a sample. We're at the World of Wheels Car Show presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Don't forget the World of Wheels next year. Get your tickets in advance. Uh, get them while they last. Uh, it's a beautiful event. Uh, just, I mean, you, we get to walk around here every little bit and not just cars, motorcycles, bicycles, trucks. Valve covers. Yeah. Valve <laughs> covers are doing this racing stuff. The World of Wheels Car Show. 
Uh, great time for the family. Get out uh, to the event in 2023. Of course, listen to the Fresh Stretch. We'll be getting those, that information out when those dates are available. But uh, joining us on the show now, we're continuing our week of the Robinsons. Now, this you, has been an interview in the making for a couple years. Has it now? Well, it was supposed to be down here Pandemic Sunday oh, of yeah. 2020. Oh, yeah. So we're a couple of years behind on this deal. And, and you talk about the great families in the sport, obviously the Kaziskis, the Zeitners. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, Roby. Roby's, I mean, yeah. A bunch of Roby's racing. Uh, the, uh, the great names in the sport, you know, and the Robinsons are right up there. I mean, not only with probably filling half the field at most of the racetracks, but the pit crews also. Uh, that are too young to drive or too old to drive now are still turning wrenches in the pickers. Uh, joining us on the show now, a couple of Larry Robinsons. First, Larry Robinson Jr. Uh, welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate it. You're gonna have to get a lot louder than that. Uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> is he that soft-spoken usually, Larry? No. <laughs> this is gonna get very confusing of going back and forth between the two Larrys, and everyone's like, "Wait, who is he talking to?" I've been in tech with him many times. He is never <laughs> that, that soft-spoken. Okay. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> so all we gotta do is just uh, uh, talk about DQ, and then we'll get you a little fired up. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, you're a little heavy on the weight, <laughs> or a little light on the weight. Heavy wouldn't do any good. Uh, all right, talk about your career. What's what got you started? Obviously, your dad. Yeah, started uh, early age, kind of like Scott was talking. We snuck in at fourteen, and it was uh, the location where I Speedway is now. It used to be owned, I believe Chad no owned it, but I was like fourteen racing a flyer car. Yeah. And, you know, did that for a couple of years, and Chad always asked, "Why don't you tow your own vehicle?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't old enough to drive yet." <laughs> did the flyers to start off with what did you move on from there uh we moved into the pro-ams at eagle and then uh sunset right at the end of the end of the deal there i, I ran quite a bit and uh moved on to uh, interstate speedway onawa i-80 when it got going good a lot of pro-ams for a lot of years had a lot of luck with that had a great <clears throat> car on right man that car you when you had melvin owning your car and whatnot i used to i used to run into him a lot during the off season, down at Hong Hing, yep, eating a little Chinese, <laughs> eating a little Chinese lunch, and uh, would always sit and chat with him, and he was always fun to talk to. Yeah, we had a, you know, we met up at the Spring Nationals one year at Beatrice. I was just walking around, and it was a former Scott Anderson car, and uh, he, he got me a helmet, and we had good success that night, and went on for multiple years. You know, I, I probably lost us more championships by attitude than. Most people had a chance to win, but <laughs> we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you win some championships, though? Uh, no. We, we won a couple at Ottawa in the same situation. They pulled the plug with two or three nights to go, and, you know, kind of knew that would happen every time we went there, but it was always fun to race there. So Yeah. Oh, that was a neat little track. Yeah. Uh, talking with uh, Larry Robinson Jr. We'll get to a little Larry Robinson here in a little bit, but uh, favorite career win? Oh, just just winning in general is fun. You know, I don't care if it's heat race or feature. You know, you can always go back to the shop and say you wanted something. <laughs> is there a big win like a Cornhusker Classic I've, or a I've been, Alphabet I've, Soup? I've been close, close in the Cornhusker multiple times, and there's always a late race tire. And, you know, there's I missed a one night to Matt McAtee and Marty Stein back by a nose. You know, getting beat by those guys is nothing to cry about. So yeah, just uh. I might have to turn it up this year and get back up on the wheel and see what happens. I got one more chance. <laughs> Any good tiny lun runs or anything up there? Uh, just top fives. You know, yeah. not, never really picked up anything big. You know, 
Just, just Do you have a favorite shows. racing memory, whether it be behind the wheel or, or just with the family? Oh, yeah, we, we have fun. You, know, you guys see us after the races, whether we win or lose, we always have a good time. It's a, it's a family and, you know, half the neighborhood and all the old high school friends, they always show up and just have a good time. Yeah. Maybe the first time you pass your dad on the white flag. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one night up at Ottawa, we were, uh, it was just a heat race, but we were first and second. And, you know, we were doing sliders and getting really aggressive. And the flagman started waving a black flag at us. Like, I was like, yeah, we're going to be in the B. <laughs> so, you know, but it was a great time. I'll never forget that day. Yeah. Uh, again, talking with uh, Larry Robinson Jr. Why so many Larrys? <laughs> it's uh, It started way back with Grandpa, and then, you know, my dad was actually the junior, so I would have been the third. You the third. And, and Little Larry's the fourth, but Sunset Speedway, when me and Dad both started racing, they kind of made me junior, and that just kind of stuck, so that, yeah. that kind of screwed up the whole countdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've heard, Larry, Little Larry, we'll get to this in a little bit, that you're not a big fan of the little anymore. Not really. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain point where you're going to have to grow out of being a little Larry Robinson. I was uh, kind of confused on that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you that? Was it, is that a family thing or was that an announcer? Yeah, basically everybody that I work with or anybody just calls me little Larry. Yeah. He's even got customers, you know, him and Scott kind of been running the salvage yard and he's even got customers to call down looking for little Larry and he's like, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's even worth trying to change it? Like, do you want to, would you prefer to be called Big Hoss for a little bit? <laughs> Let's just go the other way with it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Just as long as they call you something. Yeah. If they're calling you, you got to be doing something right. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, plans for racing this year's, uh, Larry? Uh, I'm just going to stick with the I-80 mostly. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like it there. It's kind of where I made my roots at over the years. And, you know, I, I like the smaller tracks too, but they... They bring the old Larry back out and me, get me kind of frustrated. Is he louder? He's louder. He's louder. Okay. A lot he's louder, right? They're, yeah. Well, the older, the old Larry, he's a little yeah. louder. But no, I just, uh, you know, I like I-80. You know, the Kaziskis have always been fair to me, and it's it's a good time there. Yeah, it's uh, and the Robinsons have definitely been uh, uh, a big uh, supporter of I-80 Speedway for a very long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Kaziskis have always appreciated that. Yeah, that's you know they've always been good. You know, like. Sunset, I always blame Sunset kind of picking on me, but I was probably picking on them just as much. <laughs> Were you poking the bear a little uh, bit? Oh, with... quite, a, quite a bit, you know, I was yeah. young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk with uh, little Larry Robinson, or soon to be known as Big Hoss. <laughs> That's sticking. I'm going with it. All right, that sounds good. All right. Anthony always gives everybody a nickname, so now I'm changing yours to Big Hoss. I'll put it on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. All right, talk about your career. What was the first thing, the very first thing you raced in competition? Um, I think I started in go-karts as well. Um, we were in the cage karts also. I think I did that for four or five years. And then uh, he told me if I get a championship, I can get a stock car. So the last year I ended up, I got lucky and ended up with a championship. And I've had a stock car ever since. Or I had a sport mod for like three weeks. And uh, on my second race, I rolled it over, and it was done. So oh. he let me drive his car, and I liked it. And so I've been stuck in a stock car ever since, kind of. But did you break your sport mod in half? Uh, no, I just rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always goals. So it's not a family competition, evidently. No. No. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, though, if you did, if when, someday when you wreck, you'll turn to Daniel and go, all right, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I, I just hope you're able to get out of the car and... and 
poke fun about that. Yeah, exactly. It's always a scary situation when uh, when you know those accidents happen. But uh, we had a couple of them last night at I eighty Speedway. But uh, that stuff uh, that stuff happens. Any thoughts about moving into a different class? You you said you're pretty happy with the stock cars. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're fun and everything. I don't know. I really don't know what I would be able to afford to switch to yet. So. That's kind of why I'm where I'm at. Yeah. Always, always lottery tickets. Yeah. Know. I'm not good at that either. <laughs> <laughs> not many of us are. We're really invested in the stock car parts is the biggest problem. You know, we've got inventory of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it would be a big transformation for us. Right. Right. Thursday night, I got to talk to you at practice. And I said, uh, I think this is probably the best looking car I've ever seen you drive. And you go, I ain't got any damn money now because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, last year, I kind of got frustrated with the car I had, and I was tired of being stuck in the back of the top 10. So I kind of pulled the trigger and ordered a new car, and uh, that was the first time I've ever had it out yet. Um, my buddy Jacob, he did all the graphics and everything. We were going to do something crazy with it, and then I saw the just the colors of it. So we stuck it on the side and... How simple and clean it looked, we just kept it that way. Yeah. Uh, simple, as an announcer, I'm self, I love simple cars. They're so easy to read. What was the one we were talking about the other day? Nick Hermsons. Yes. Yeah, Nick, Nick Hermsons car is so good. Nice. <laughs> it's, I, I was surprised when I saw that. I yeah. was like, whoa. <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah. And that's the most complex design he's ever had. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, there's a stripe on it. Yeah. That's the first time that's ever happened. So, but yeah, we talk about it all the time. We get it. We go to a you know a Lucas Oil race and you can't tell what the car number is half yeah. the time and you can't read the sponsors, you know. Just make it nice and plain, fellas. Uh, and I, I, I kind of I felt bad again because you know you were you and I were talking in the pits on Thursday and you were talking about it, you don't have any more money and literally Shelby walks up to you and said, "Are you going to pay for your pit spot?" <laughs> and like just the energy just drained out of your face and you're like, "God." <laughs> That's uh, I was gonna wait another week or so, but I don't know. I guess I'll give him the money soon. <laughs> She's not the kind of girl you want to duck. No, she'd probably beat me up. <laughs> she would beat you up, and she's got guns in the car to take care of you too. Exactly. <laughs> they were talking about uh, apparently somebody was flying a drone around on uh, practice night, and she literally brought her shotgun to the racetrack in case that thing went up in the air again on Friday, on Saturday night. So, uh, and I guess practice was on, on Friday, but she would absolutely shoot it down. Oh, and she'd hit it in the first shot. Oh yeah. I was really good at shooting holes in the air. That's, that's the reason you probably, why you were probably good at shooting holes in your dad's corn bins. Probably you were good. No. At. Cause then I had to fix it. Now the bar on the other hand, we didn't use the bar and I could shoot that all I wanted to, but of course I didn't hit it. Is that why you're collecting ducks or you got something to shoot at? <laughs> Still wouldn't hit them. Uh, we're talking with the Robinson clan while trying to. <laughs> Dirk and I are getting a little distracted as we usually do. All right, plans for this year for uh, Big Hoss Robinson? <laughs> Basically, uh, probably just run I-80. Um, I'll probably try Eagle and Harlan as much as possible. Um, it all depends on how Friday night goes and if anything gets tore up. Yeah. All right, big. Uh, let's say uh, you do hit the lottery, win millions of dollars. All right, let's say billions of dollars because racing is kind of expensive. What are you? What are you buying? What are you running? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> would you favor more of the late model style, or would you want to go sprint car? Uh, probably more of a late model. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when Scott took it out to practice, I was pretty excited to try it, but 
don't know, I took it out on the street and it was pretty interesting. I about hit a pole and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect it to jump Wait. up like it did. You hit a pole? No, I, almost. Almost. Okay. All right. That 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 doesn't count then. Yeah, I came out of uh, the parking lot down the street and I jumped on the gas and it jumped up and like the understeer kicked in. I did not expect it to get as sideways as it did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Scared Scott before he even got to drive it. <laughs> Was that the last time he gets to get close to the car, Scott? He's done. <laughs> <laughs> Family or not, you're done. <laughs> yeah. no. uh, all right, so you would go more late model. So super late model racing. Would you want to do touring, or is that something that's just not? If he had a billion you, dollars, he'd do whatever he wanted to do whatever day budget, he wanted so. to yeah, do it. No, I mean, I could tour if I had a billion dollars, but yeah. no. Nah, I don't know. It would be basically just try and race as much as you could. Yeah. That's a, I don't know. He'd, so, have the, he'd have the crew with the car and the hauler, and he would just helicopter in from right, wherever he was hanging sure. out. A couple later. hours before the races. <laughs> would you grow out some long, like, Fabio hair so that way it blew in the wind? I tried, but it doesn't ever work. It gets on my nerves. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I told him he needs glasses like Scott Benz. There you go. <laughs> this dude is obsessed with him. <laughs> Shave your head like Pitbull. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're, uh, worldwide. Huh? Worldwide. Worldwide Mr. What? Worldwide. Oh. That's his nickname, I guess. Oh. All right. Uh, sponsors. Um, Larry's Auto Salvage, uh, McAvoy Trucking, Setchin & Sons, Plumbing, um, Goodman Classics, uh, Construction, um, Uncle Mix. Uh, that's about it. And every dime Big Hoss has. That's one hundred percent. Any uh, family, friends, girlfriends you got to thank? Uh, Scott, Dad, Joe Copeland, uh, Scott Anderson, basically everyone that came down and helped us put the car together. Yeah. It was uh, we picked it up on January. I definitely didn't expect to have it done by now. So it was a bunch of people that stopped and helped. It was all appreciated. Yeah. Uh, who was it we were talking to a couple weeks ago kept forgetting their mom? Oh, oh yeah. that was uh, um, Willie Kirk. Yes. It was almost like he didn't want to thank her. <laughs> he didn't want to thank his mom and for I some reason. It, surprisingly, I haven't seen a lot of action on the Facebook page since then. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you take your mom? No, uh, he's sitting on the other side of the table. Okay. Got th- okay, that's the mom? That's Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I did this kind of solo. <laughs> All right. Well, now we got a new nickname for uh, Larry Robinson Jr. It's now Karen. All right. Uh, sponsors for you, uh, Larry Robinson Jr. Uh, I kind of just roll with Larry's Auto Salvage for the most part. Uh, you know, Uncle Mick, he passed away. The COVID got him here just a few months ago, and he was kind of in the engine department with me financially. But, you know, we, we built our own engines. Uh, cars and Eliminator by Gary McNally over in Humboldt, Iowa. He's a, just a one-man band, builds a few cars and does a great job. That's that's about the end of the list for us. Yeah, and, uh, and, and mom, you know, mom, mom, a big, mom, big kick in. Thank yeah. you, mom. <laughs> I forgot to say grandma too. <laughs> Man, come on! I left it open for you too. All right, uh, <laughs> so we got Karen and Big Hoss, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us on the show. Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you don't like that nickname, tell Anthony. Yeah, Yell work. at Anthony, okay? We'll just say it was him. You better say you don't like it before Anthony hears it. <laughs> uh, 
Wow, what turn are we in? All right, that's going to do it for us for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Big thanks to all the Robinsons for joining us at the uh, World of Wheels Car Show and finally sitting down and having a conversation with us. Thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, uh, Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Havenridge Pick'em's Contest. Thanks to Taylor Computers and Repair for all the uh, technical support. And, of course, thanks to Joe's Carding for presenting the Front Stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch Podcast. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information.